0: morning and uh, for for those of us who lives in the uk today this is um, Remembrance sunday and uh, this is a day where in the uk they commemorate uh, anyone who's died in the wars and the conflicts that the uk has been involved in and um, and i think it's very important that we always remember because of um, you know, sometimes we're living in, in in season, in a time where we can take everything for granted. And we're thinking, oh, this is just how it is. And it's always been like that. But it's important we sometimes take time off and remember and commemorate that um, for the way we live today, someone paid a price for it. And, uh, and we should be forever grateful for that because of uh, not every person lives the way that you and I will live okay and uh, and the same thing this is what we do every Sunday really as believers in a Sunday service in a in our, when we come together now we come together on the internet but eh, as Christians but we commemorate what Jesus did for us okay that uh, we remind of one, we remind one another of about that Jesus he won the ultimate victory when he hung on that cross and he could and he declared it is finished it is complete amen and uh, and always have this in front of you that remember that jesus died for you jesus became a curse for you jesus was rejected for your sake so that you could be accepted and when he said it is finished he had defeated all the, the powers of the enemy amen and always keep that in mind that from that moment on mankind no longer needed to be the tail. But could be the head from that moment on it was possible now for whoever received uh, that sacrifice that jesus had made on our behalf that we should no longer die but we should live forever in his presence in jesus name amen so um so 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 this is a special sunday every year in uk where where people take time to commemorate that people who sacrificed, made the ultimate sacrifice in, in, in battles uh, to fight for the values and the freedom that we enjoy today, so, uh, so, so anyway, uh, I'm going to share something again today that I shared many times before, and uh, and you know that when I start out, when I prepare, oh, so to speak, I don't prepare a subject. Um, I I I try to ask the Holy Spirit and ask Holy Spirit what is it that you want me to share today because of uh, you know that uh, the Word of God. Uh, is is alive, which means that there will be someone out there that ma- that needs that word, and uh, and I believe that we can hear this, the same sermon over and over and over again, and we will get something new every single time because of since last time you heard it, you have grown, I have grown and uh, and we we get a new perspective so that's why that you can read you know, like you can read a scripture over and over and over again and then suddenly you read it again and suddenly you see wow i've never seen it like this before what happened was that the holy spirit touched that word but also but you have grown in the meantime amen and uh, so so the word of god is as i said many times it's not here to inform us The word of God, the purpose of the word of God is here to transform us. Amen. And transformation does not come through information. Transformation comes through revelation. And revelation comes through following the Holy Spirit. Okay. Before I I, I do that, I just also want to say that I'm preparing. uh, You know, When I I look at the body of Christ in general today, and of course I only speak general, um, uh, uh, there is one thing I want to address, but not today. Uh, I'm preparing. I'm, I'll probably record it and put it up, where I, uh, I'm going to teach about what it means to be prophetic, what it means to be a prophet, and what it means to have a gift of prophecy. Because it's not it's not the same, okay? Uh, and and because of uh, today, I just see that it's like a carte blanche. Everyone can just say whatever they want to say, and then say, I'm a prophet. And it's gone completely in. It's completely gone haywire. There's a, you know sometimes uh, I uh, pull out the hair on my head when I hear what people claim that, that God has shown me because of the, it. Just so obvious that it was not the Holy Spirit. But anyway, but I'm I'm preparing that, and it will come up one of these days. And uh, uh, because now we're back in lockdown again, you can see my hair now. My hair. I'm I'm back to lockdown hair. And uh, I didn't want to go to the hairdresser because the queue was so long. So, And one thing I'm not really like, that I don't like, is queuing. Okay. And um, okay, I think we lost the connection for a short while. But it's back on again. Anyway, but let's just pray together and let the Holy Spirit uh, help us. Uh, Let the Holy Spirit take the word and plant it in our hearts so that it may produce what it says. So Holy Spirit, we... We once again declare our dependency upon you. We declare that, that without you we can do nothing. But we also know that we don't need to be without you. Open our hearts, Holy Spirit. Open our eyes and our ears so that we may hear what you want us to, say, to see. We reveal Jesus to each one of us this morning so that we may know him better. And that the more we know him, the more we, we can have faith and trust in him, Lord we thank you. And Holy Spirit, we bow that we will give you all the glory. Glorify Jesus in this time we are dedicated to you this morning. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, if you turn to Mark chapter 10, 46, and this is about blind Bartimaeus, which I shared about so many times, and uh, and and don't think, oh, I heard Pastor Kurt share about that so many times. I know every single point. I even know every joke he's here. But I'm telling you, there will be something brand new within that message that the Holy Spirit will take and plant into your heart. Amen. Why? Because God wants you to see new facets of Him all the time. And the Word of God, as I said earlier, is alive. It's it's good to see alive and kicking. That's not what I meant, but it's alive and it will produce life in your spirit. Amen. So in Mark chapter ten forty six, <clears throat> uh, it it starts out here. It says, and then and also, and they came to Jericho, okay. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho, and um, and it's a you little know, like uh, you know that. Uh, if you listen to me several times, you will know that uh, I like to look up, what, what does the name means? Because of this, you know, this, the Bible talks about that every single dot in the Bible has meaning. You know, when nothing is there just to fill out the pages. Not like when uh, when I was a student, I, I, I wrote essays, and the, the teacher used to tell, tell us it has to be two or three pages. And you know what, sometimes I, I couldn't even fill half a page, but I just something into just to make it longer okay whatever I put in but the Word of God is not like that every single dot okay every single letter has a meaning you know nothing is by coincidence in the Word of God because it's it's the Holy Spirit who wrote it and I came to this thing about so I looked up the the name Jericho and found out that um, it's it's a, it's a, a it's an old Canaanite word you know, remember that Israel used to be called Canaan, and so it was a, an old Canaanite word, and that refers to moon or night, okay, which t- suddenly now my, my, my brain started working, and when it says, and we came to Jericho, and as you went out of Jericho, you know that when I became a Christian, Many people said to me that, oh, just come to Jesus and everything will be fine. You know, it was more like they were trying to sell me washing powder and just using this washing powder and everything will be white, so to speak. You will have no issues in life. You have no problems in life. Everything will be fine. Okay. And uh, boy, did I learn quick. that That was not really how it really worked out over time because sometimes I felt like I got hit by a bus. Okay. And I didn't understand what happened because I was under the assumption of that everything was just going to be nice cozy and easy okay and <clears throat> but As I found out, and you probably found out yourself, this is not how life is. Okay? But here it says that he came, and when we came to Jericho, so we can talk about Jericho represents uh, maybe what what we will call a valley, a dry place, a night season, or whatever, something where circumstances are not favorable, where things are not turning out the way that you were expecting. And it says here, and they came to Jericho, and now I want you to see the next part. And as he went out, You know that, yes, you and I, we will go through certain seasons in life where everything is not hunky-dory, so to speak. Everything is just wonderful and we are just on a cloud nine on a hallelujah trip or something like that. Sometimes there are times and seasons where we go through things. But the key word is in it, is we go through it. We don't dwell there. Okay, you know that yes, there will be times in your life where you, you have to battle, where you have to stand fast, where you have to be disciplined. But you know, if your whole life is one, one battle after another, one, uh, you know, and, and you go from battle to battle all the time, then that's not the plan of God. Okay, just like Jesus, he was in the desert for a certain season, but he didn't stay in the desert. He came out. And I want you to understand this, that God's plan is not for you to stay in the desert. God's plan is for you to go through the desert and come into the promised land. So if you are in a, in, in a Jericho place in your life today, I just want to encourage you, keep walking, <clears throat> because there is you will get out. So they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and now notice again, you know, one thing I like about Jesus is that, you know, Jesus never did anything on his own. No, the disciples were with him all the time. Okay? You know, that is so important, especially as, you know, I found a trait in us as human beings that when we are under pressure, it comes very natural for us to withdraw. Okay, you know, if you are a believer, we will call it, uh, I need to be alone with Jesus. I need to fight this alone with Jesus. No, Jesus do not want you to fight any battles on your own. Amen. He wants you to fight the battles within the fellowship that you are part of, because none of us are called to be on our own. Remember Adam and he, he met with God every single evening. Basically, he fellowship with God. He was right where God wanted him to be. He was in the presence of God. God spoke to him. And yet God said to Adam... It's not good for man to be alone. So it's, it doesn't hold water when we say, I don't need church, I don't need Christians, I don't need fellowship, because all I need is Jesus. When God says to Adam, it's not good for you to be alone, I think it it, it, it points us to that you and I, we need to be together. And I know that. Uh, the reason why I can say that we do because I remember when when I fell off the roof here, and I was trying to save a few a pounds by trying to fix something on my own, I fell down. And uh, for those of you h- here in UK, you know that uh, I broke my female, I was uh, four or five places where I broke completely through. And I remember I called, uh, uh, I think it was Jay. She really called, yeah. And when she, she asked me over the phone, Shall I come over? And I said, How dumb can I be when I think back at it? I said, No, 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 I'm fine. Okay, but. Praise God, she didn't listen to what I said, and she came over. And if she's not come come across, I would have uh, most likely because one of one of the things which we didn't tell me at the time because we were, they didn't want to worry me. We ambulance pe- uh, people in the, uh, and at the hospital, they, they were worried about that I was going to lose my leg because the, the blood had blocked the blood uh, c- circulation. But what I'm my point is here that there is something in us that in the, in our flesh, that when we are hurt, we withdraw. And this is what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to withdraw so that we are isolated. And yet, and when he at the same time, he convinces us of that we are spiritual, okay? And I remember after after my accident, where I had to really work with myself, uh, with the Holy Spirit, and I asked the Holy Spirit, what is it in me that makes me withdraw when I actually needed help, okay? And uh, and that's a long, long psychoanalyst uh, thing that I won't uh, bore, bore you with today. But, but the thing is, the, the bottom line is, you and I, we are not called to be alone. Amen. So Jesus, he was with his disciples. Jesus was with his disciples. Jesus was with his disciples. Okay. So he, he and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, Okay. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side, begging. And uh, in the Hebrew language, uh, you know, but, uh, in the Hebrew names, you see that when you see uh, uh, the, the phrase Bar, B-A-R, that basically means son. Okay, so Bartimaeus is basically son of Timaeus. Okay, and um, when you look up the name Timaeus, it can, all, it can mean poverty. Okay, so so here Bartimaeus basically his name means can mean son of poverty, and uh, and when they say a great number of people blind Bartimaeus the son of Timaeus sat by the highway side begging, and when I saw that it could mean blindness, that uh, that uh, I was uh, reminded of that um, I was at a conference back in 92 in London where I listened to a man. And he said, "We know that." He said, "Well, if you ever in a in a in a spot where you need a breakthrough," and uh, he he said, "You know, read the book of Ephesians because he said this is the uh, Grand Canyon of, uh, of of spiritual death, uh, uh, death, no, no, not 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 death, death, okay, and <clears> of <throat> the Rocky Mountains, okay. This is this is the book where you really really will receive revelation." And especially chapter 1, where the Apostle Paul, he prays this really famous prayer, that I can only encourage you, pray that over yourself every single day, that the Apostle Paul, he prays that, that, that may God open our eyes. You heard me quoting that prayer so many times when I pray, and especially from the NIV translation, that may he give us revelation so that we may know Jesus better. Amen, but we're back to this thing that he was a son of poverty, and he was blind and i I made that uh, what came to me is that that the, the problem with why people are poor, so to speak and forget about money poor I will use as a word like when we are not where we are supposed to be, or we are not having what we are supposed to have that can be spiritually, emotionally, physically whatever you 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 name it that <coughs> But that is down to that I can't see it, amen. That, that uh, and you know, blindness one of the things that Jesus said in Luke 4 18 was that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and to open the eyes of the blind that is to bring revelation. And that's why that revelation is so so important today because without revelation, we can we, we get stuck, we become poor. Okay, and so, so he saw blind, but he was a son of poverty, and he was blind. Okay, so and and he sat by the way highway side begging. You know, blind people, people who have no revelation, they beg. Okay, they they know revelation makes you to see that you are son, and sons don't beg. If you remember in Luke fifteen about the prodigal son, that what what was the first thing the father did to him when he came? He put a rope upon him. The, you know the, the, the rope talks about. You know the Bible talks about the rope of righteousness that he had right standing. And when he gave him a ring on his finger, after he belonged, he got authority. Amen. You know, you have to understand, authority can only be given when you belong and submit to something. Authority cannot be taken in on our own. We have to submit to a system for, for the system to hand us authority. Anyway, but and then the other thing he did to the son, the father, he gave him sandals on his feet. And at that time it was very significant because slaves do not wear sandals. So when he gave him sandals on his feet, he basically said to him, you know, you are not a slave. You are not a beggar. You are a son of a house. Amen. So so he was sitting there begging. And uh, and begging, you know, you know, like when I saw the word begging, I had to say, uh, you know, this was the one thing that really did something drastically in my spiritual life. Because of the Holy Spirit's point. When I saw that he was sitting there at the wayside begging, the Holy Spirit We've uh, pointed out in my life, Kurt, are you praying or are you begging? Are you praying or are you begging? <laughs> Another time he asked me, Kurt, are you praying or are you complaining? Okay, you <laughs> know, I don't know, of course, you, you never do these things, but uh, but that's what the Holy Spirit asked me about. Kurt, are you praying or are you begging? Kurt, are you praying or are you complaining? Okay, so he was setting there, and now the next thing is blind people never moves. You understand? Blind people never move. You know? But um, I remember I met a man, and uh, and and I, I know he had a calling of God upon his life, and uh, and God have used him a little bit here and there, and but he never really came into what the fullness of what God wanted for him. And uh, so I asked him, you know, what 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 did uh, God say to you last time? And he said, I need to. He said, God told me to do this, uh, leave this, and the other. And I, that thing I didn't think really was God, but but that's not the point. So I said to him, no, so what, what are you doing now? So I, He said, I'm waiting. Okay. Said, so how long have you been waiting? He said to me, 15 years. And I said to him, I'm sorry, I don't think that is God. Because when you are with God, when you are in the will of God, you will always grow. Amen. Well you will always grow, you will always be on the move. You will not be at status grow, but just standing still. Religion makes you look back and stand still. Uh, but but the, the but the Holy Spirit will make you move. The, the, the book of Romans talks about that those who are led by the Spirit of God, we are the sons of God. It talks about movement. It it doesn't talk about we just standing still. So when the Holy Spirit leads you, That means there is always movement, there is always growth, there is always expansion. There will be an increase because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. Amen. You know, I I used to say to people, you know, that uh, one thing that proves that we are alive is that we are always growing. When we are children, we are growing. Okay. When we become adults, we are not growing anymore. We are expanding. Amen. Okay. But at, at least there is growth. Okay. Once we die, suddenly nothing happens anymore. So he was sitting there by the wayside, uh, he sat by the highwayside begging, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And when he heard, and when he heard, and when he heard, okay, this is so, you know, the Bible talks about faith comes by hearing, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. We need to hear the word of God all the time. Why? So that faith can increase. So what is the word of faith? That is the revelation of Jesus. Amen. But you see that He is a good, uh, good God. He is your lo- uh, your loving Father who uh, that, that will take care of all the things that is concerning you in your life. Okay. So He heard that it was Jesus. Do you know what is wonderful? He Bartimaeus, he was blind, that's why we call him blind Bartimaeus, but he wasn't deaf. Amen? You know, sometimes we can look at ourselves and say, oh, I'm not good at this. And then, because we get so focused upon what we are not good at, we don't do what we are good at. Okay? Bartimaeus, he was blind, but he wasn't deaf. Amen. You know, you might not be able to do this, but you can do that. So don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can do. Amen? Because God has given you gifts. And very often when we feel ourselves insufficient, that's because we compare ourselves with someone else. And very often when we compare ourselves with other people, it's always the wrong people we compare ourselves with. Okay? Because of, you know, we, we tend to, as human beings, we always compare ourselves with those who have more money than ourselves. But, what, but in, and when we feel insufficient, but imagine if you start comparing yourself with those who have less than you, now you will start feeling grateful. Amen. So, so, he was, he, so he heard. And that's why it's so vital that you and I, we share the good news wherever we are, that we become a testimony wherever we are. Because there will be people in our life, that we come, in, when we walk in life, that will hear. That will hear. We will see a light upon you. We will see. We will receive hope when we see you. Uh, okay. So that's why it's so important. We become living testimonies in our day-to-day lives. So he heard, when so he heard, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Okay. So they probably, what had happened was he probably heard a lot of noise, and uh, you know, I remember he was very begging, and he thought, oh, there's a lot of people here. That means. There is a greater potential for me for maybe receiving a coin here and there because there are more people. So he probably asked, "Who is it?" And mean to say, "Is Jesus of Nazareth?" And when it's wonderful what he's saying, he began to cry out and say, "Jesus, thou son of David! Jesus, thou son of David!" So notice he he asked, "Who is it?" And he and he was so, "This is Jesus of Nazareth." And you have to understand, Jesus of Nazareth is not a title. Okay, it, 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 Jesus of Nazareth is basically an explanation of who he is, just like you could say Kurt from Denmark or, or wherever you come from. So who, 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 who are you talking to? Uh, it's Kurt from England, sometimes people say over the phone, okay. And, um, and that's really what Jesus of Nazareth is, and that's what people who could see said to Bartimaeus who couldn't see. And what is wonderful about the response of Bartimaeus here, he says, Jesus, thou son of David... Jesus, thou son of David. And the reason for why this is significant is because in the Hebrew culture, in the Jewish culture, son of David is a Messianic title. Okay? You know, basically what he's saying is, Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the the Messiah. And then he says, have mercy upon me. And another point I want to point out to you here is that it's amazing that the people who could see with the physical eyes they saw Jesus of Nazareth. But Bartimaeus, who could, only, who could not use his physical eyes, he, could, he, 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 he saw son of David. What does that tell us? That the relationship, the way you get to learn Jesus is not through our five physical senses. is from heart to heart. Uh, Bartimaeus, he saw son of David because he saw Jesus from his heart. The other people, they rely on the five physical senses, and they saw Jesus of Nazareth. And what is in- interesting and amazing, and, uh, what always, a, uh, um, what can I say, not amazed me, but really something that I have given quite a bit of thought to, is that when the wise men came to King Herod, and, um, and he asked, uh, they asked King Herod, where is the king going to be born? And when we find out, that according to the book of Micah, he's going to be born in, he was going to he was born in Bethlehem and so on. But when King Herod he says, you know, you go where and then come back to me and tell me where he is. And then he says, with the wise men, we followed the star. What 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 I what always puzzled me was, why could King Herod not see the star himself? Why could he, King Herod not see the star? The wise men could see the star, but King Herod couldn't see the star because. To see Jesus is from heart to heart. It's not from brain to brain. It's from heart to heart. That's why revelation is so vital. Amen. So so, the, the, so, so we cannot know Jesus through our physical senses. We can only know him through our hearts. Amen. So, so when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Now, this is the way this is the foundation of the relationship that we have with jesus my relationship with jesus is not based upon what i have done it's not based upon what i can do it's not based upon that i have earned favor through my good behavior through my good deeds my good conducts i helped an old woman cross the road or i didn't kick the cat today or something like that that's not the basis for why i can cry out to jesus why i can speak to him it's because of his mercy Amen. What is mercy that I have I have access and I receive something that I don't deserve. Not according to my deeds, but because of his decision. Right? <clears throat> so he says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. I know I've not earned it. And you have to understand at the time in in, in the Jewish culture they believed. That basically, that if you're born with some kind of uh, sickness, insufficiency, and things like that, that it was God who punished you. Okay? Th- this was how the, the culture was at the time. And this is why that uh, Bartimaeus does not say, "I, uh, Jesus, thou son of David, I didn't lose my temper. I behaved well today. Please help me. That's not what he said. He just said, Jesus, have mercy upon me. Jesus, have mercy upon me. Because of uh, religion will teach you that you have to earn the blessings of God through your good conduct, through good behavior or whatever, being abstinent from certain things. No, we receive all that heaven has be due to his mercy. Okay, so he said, have mercy upon me. Okay, and, men, and then you have to understand now, Bartimaeus, he had a revelation. This is the son of David. This is the Messiah. But the people around him, they didn't have that revelation. They said, this is Jesus of Nazareth. Okay. Now, I want you to understand this. that revelation in the Bible, when God speaks to you, he does not speak to you about everyone that you see. Do you understand that? Because it's very important we we understand that. Because when, when God speaks to you, he speaks to you about you. And when God speaks to me, He speaks to me about me. Why? Because as you probably tried, I had tried and I never succeeded in it. But you know what? We cannot change other people. <laughs> but the only person we can change is ourselves. If someone annoys you, I don't know about you, but I have prayed, oh, God, change him, change, change her, or whatever. And you know what? It never happens. Why? Because we are not called to do that. We are not called to change people. We are not called to transform people. That's God's job. Our job is to change ourselves. Amen? You know, that if someone annoys you, if you pray, oh, please change that person's behavior, no, it's better we pray, <coughs> please change my re- response to that person's behavior. Amen? Because that's what I'm in control of. Okay. So, so then, so, 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 when he had the revelation and he acted upon it, what happened with the crowd who are led by the physical senses, uh, you can call it religion or whatever you, you, you can fit in here. <clears throat> and he says, and many charged him that he should hold his peace. Now, religion will always try to quench the life. Where revelation will always bring life. And you know, life is not silent life is not quiet if you want someone said to me once if you want peace and peace and silence go to the graveyard okay there is no life there and it's very silent but um, here in Atl is interesting that we have a, a public school and when we have a, a graveyard just basically next to one another and uh, i usually uh, when i walk there sometimes it's interesting when i walk past the school you hear a lot of noise because there's life and when i walk through a uh, uh, churchyard a graveyard and it's completely silent because why there's only tombstones or gravestones or what you may call it okay there's no life but <clears throat> excuse me that uh, that uh, so so they said to him, Be quiet. Now I one thing that is important here is to see that uh, that, uh he uh, the way to respond to it was and, he said, and many charged him that he should hold his peace. Okay? But he was not led by what was around him. He was led by what was within him. Amen? Just like you and I, we, we, we cannot ask our circumstances, am I in the will of God? No, ask the word of God, am I in the will of God? Okay? Because your circumstances can go up and down, change, your emotion can change, one day you feel good, another day you feel bad, whatever it may be, it, goes, it changes all the time. So you cannot ask play, anything in the natural world, is, have I seen God? Am I in the will of God? Ask on uh, within. So and he said, and many charged him that he should hold his peace. That's basically an old English way of saying "shut up," okay? And uh, and then, but so what he did was, but he cried remorse, okay? Now, when you and I, we face obstacles. When we when we seem to that uh, things are not, we're doing what we think we should do, but still nothing happens. We still feel opposition. We don't withdraw. But press even harder. There used to be a teaching. I don't, I've not heard it for a long time now. Praise God for that. That, uh, that um, God opened doors and closed doors. And that's to, to a certain degree right. But just because there is a closed door, that doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to open it. Okay, someone said once to me, if there's a closed door, I will open it in the, in the name of Jesus. Can you imagine if you are... Was a Silas who traveled with Paul to Macedonia. And uh, Paul, he wakes up after he had a dream and he, and he said, No, God has shown me I should go to Macedonia. Silas, would you like to come with me? And Silas probably got very excited. Oh, yeah, now we're going on a mission trip. We're going to bring the gospel into Europe. And uh, God has spoken to Paul through the, the, the night vision. And when we come to Macedonia, and to make a long story short, they basically end up getting beaten up, ending up up in the pit of a prison. Okay, can you imagine what Silas would have thought? Are you sure you heard God? But you know what? Paul and Silas was not bound by their circumstances because the Bible starts talking about they start at at the midnight hour, they start giving singing praises and worship to their to God, and and you know the story that there came an earthquake and they all were set free. Amen. So basically, the door was closed, but Paul and Silas knocked the door open. Okay, so don't be ever be led by circumstances. Be led by the, what is on the inside of you and by, <clears throat> by the Word of God. <clears throat> so then asked charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more. But he cried the more a great deal. Can you imagine the noise the man has made? Do you know what? Sometimes revelation is a bit irritating for religious people. Revelation is irritating for for religious, because religion wants status quo, okay? You know, sometimes, uh, you know, one of the things that we as believers, we very good at, and this is actually quite funny, we're asking God, God, do a new thing. And then we start looking for something we that we can recognize, okay? But when, we, when God does a new thing, which means... There has to be be some movement. There has to be something new, and we as human beings in general, we we don't always like new things. We 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 like the same comfort. We like what is familiar. We like what what we used to. You know, if you, you know, if you one of these people usually when people go to church, they always sit at the same chair. You know, and it's just because we we like what is uh, what what we know. Okay, so. So, so revelation is always something new and it can be inconvenient for the religious people, okay? Anyway, so, they cried, so he cried out to David the a great deal, you son of David, have mercy on me. And then 49, and Jesus stood still. I wrote here in a note here, this is my most powerful weapon. Now. Jesus did not have uh, any kind of plans of that he should meet Bartimaeus that day. Do you understand? He, we, we read in the beginning, he was on his way somewhere else. But, but what I mean by that you and I, this is, uh, we have a very, this is our most powerful weapon. That is that we have a cry in our heart. That when we cry out, we can arrest Jesus. We can stop him. We can get the attention of Jesus. Okay, it says in 49, and Jesus stood still, and Jesus stood still. You have some, you know, like whatever was on the mind of Jesus, when he heard the cry of Bartimaeus, his focus changed completely. His focus was only upon that cry. And you know what? That cry you have got in your heart too. The Bible talks about the deep speaks unto deep. This is what it means, Okay. Deep onto deep, there is a connection, and that's the most powerful weapon that you and I have got as the children of God. Is that we have a cry in our heart, and when that cry come out, we have the full attention of the living God. Just imagine that You have the full focus on from the living God. You know, I I used to share, express share it with this way that that uh, when when my, when my children were small, can you imagine that? That one night, if uh, my son he prayed something like, uh, My dear father Kurt, who, uh, who have uh, looked after me during the day, who took me to school, and so on, and so uh, uh, cooked for me, washed the clothes, or whatever. And I uh, mean, say, you No, know, will you come to your beloved son's bedroom? Because your beloved son had a nightmare in Kurt's name. If if I heard that in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, I'm telling you I would not dare run into his bedroom, I'll run out of one run out of the house because I would I would think this is a crazy baby. But what happened was that when these things happened when he was a when he was a baby, a child, that, that you just heard a cry. No words, just a cry. And that cry got me to rush out of my bed into his room to see what is going on. And that's the same cry you and I have with our Heavenly Father. That the moment that cry comes out of our heart, it uh, Jesus stopped. Amen. So Jesus stopped, and Jesus stood still, and now he says, and commanded him to be called. And commanded him to be called. Notice if you can actually make that as a word word study in the New Testament also. Do you know that Jesus don't suggest; he commands. The Bible talks about now God commands all men to be saved. The Bible does not say now God suggests all men men should be saved. Why does he command? Why? Because of uh, either you can obey. Uh, you can you can trust him or not trust him, okay? You can trust him or not trust him. I also believe that it, that when God gives uh, that command, it helps Bartimaeus because now He takes the choice away from him and say, "Come over here," okay. But the other thing, if imagine if you were a disciple with Jesus at that time, and you stood there and you uh, and he stopped Jesus, and then he says he commanded him to be called, okay. To be called. I would have, if I was one of the disciples, I would have said to Jesus, hey, excuse me, Jesus, do you not know he's blind? Do you not know he's blind? It, it's a, it, could, it could be a bit harsh. Why do you not come over to him? Why should he come over to you? He's blind. You know, Jesus, you can walk, you can see, you have all your physical senses in order. Why do you not go to him? But he says, he commanded him to come over to him. Why? Why was was he doing that? It's because of, we are supposed to follow him. We are supposed to become like him. Amen. We are supposed to be like him. He's not supposed to become like us. You know, like I said many times, we you know that many, especially Western Christians, they get a shock when we get to heaven because Jesus' blue eyes with blonde hair is not in heaven. That's not how he looks like, okay? Because in the Western culture, We had turned the image of Christ into the likeness of how people look in the West. He he, he does not look like that. Okay? So he said he commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth you. Okay? Now, this is funny. You know, the, the, the same people who told him in the previous verses that he should be silent, he should be quiet. Now, when Jesus changed suddenly, they say, oh yeah, be, oh, it's wonderful, it's wonderful, be happy, he calls you. We uh, Basically, all say, we have always believed in what you said, okay? That's why I said to people, don't ever go by the opinions of men. Now, don't take this statement as a, 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 a use it as a rebellious statement, and say, I don't need anyone. That's not what I mean about that okay but don't let the opinions of men stop you from the revelation that god has given you okay you know that uh, i have a note in my office that uh, i think was it was it in uh, now i can't remember i think it was 1936 or something like that that adolf hitler he was voted time magazine's man of the year okay can you believe it? and uh, and I, I and I just wrote a note underneath it. That who who cares what man says, <laughs> you know? Find out what God says. Okay. Anyway, so so he's so, so and so they, and and they call the blind man and say, "Be of good comfort, rise." He call you, and now verse fifty, Bartimaeus. And he, the first thing he do when God calls him, of Jesus calls him, he and he casting away. His garment and he casting away his garment. Now you have to understand that in England you have these people who on the street who sells, uh, I can't remember what that magazine is called now, but there are some people on the street in England, they sell this, uh, a certain kind of magazine, but they also have something hanging around their neck, which means they are allowed to do it, you know, it's uh, okay. But uh, at the same time, here, that garment that that Bartimaeus was wearing, that was basically a garment that said to people around him, there is something wrong with this man physically, and therefore he's allowed to beg. Okay? And when Jesus, of Naz- uh, Jesus the son of uh, David, he calls him the first thing that Bartimaeus do, he throws off that cloak of that garment. Why? Because, remember, he saw the son of David, which was a king. And Bartimaeus, you knew that when the king calls you, you do not come in front of the king as a beggar. Okay? When I saw this thing, as I said to you before, that really, really transformed my prayer life. I really had to change the way I prayed because I realized sometimes what I called prayer was just plain begging okay which expressed that i didn't realize i had a right standing with the holy spirit of with, with with my heavenly father so the first thing he did he he threw off his garment because he knew that i cannot stand before jesus of Nazareth, jesus son of david as a beggar i'm telling you that uh, if you are if you if you ever get invited to uh to buckingham palace for for anything you will get a letter where it tells you how to dress, what to dress, and what not to do, and what to do. And basically it says, keep quiet until you are asked. Basically there is a protocol in how you approach the monarch. Okay, And this is the same here that Bartimaeus shows. He knows there is a protocol. I, I do not come in, in the presence of a king as a beggar. Remember when, I think it is Nehemiah. That uh, and also with Queen Esther, that when, when they come in before the king, uh, Nehemiah, because he was sad, okay, uh, he was worried when the king asked him what is wrong because you were not allowed to be sad in the presence of the king. So that's why he got worried in his heart. And remember, Queen Esther, she just uh, stormed into the throne room or came on her own initiative. You were not allowed to do that too, okay, you could only come by invitation anyway this is something this is something else and came to jesus and 51 and jesus answered and said unto him what will you that i should do unto you now uh, uh, sorry i'm ahead of myself so now he he thrown off his garment and he rose and he came to jesus but now remember he's blind he can't see where jesus is is jesus over there is Jesus over so how could he find jesus How did you know where Jesus was? He could only find him. He could not be led by his circumstances. He could only find him by listening. By hearing the voice of Jesus. You know what? This is the same way that we are guided in day-to-day life here. We cannot be guided through our circumstances. Okay? We can only be guided by hearing his voice. And you can hear his voice because the Bible says, My my sheep knows uh, knows my voice. If God says I know His voice, I know His voice. Amen. You know that reason for why the Israelites we had to go through the desert before we entered into the promised land. When we came out of Egypt, we went through the desert and then go into the promised land. Why did we have to go through the desert? Because we had to learn to navigate in a new way we we shouldn't in a desert you you will see there is sand everywhere in front of you, behind you, beside you, everywhere there is sand, so the only way we could learn to be navigated was by hearing or look upwards as we also say it, and that's the same with you and I today that we, we the way the Holy Spirit guides us is by hearing, and the way we hear is we hear him most of the times through his word and through. His body. Amen. That's why that if you are isolated, you cannot hear. Okay? You cannot hear. Okay? That's why that there's so many crazy things that comes out from people who are isolated. They say, they, they, they do all sorts of crazy things because they have not heard. They think they have heard, but that's not how God speaks. Okay? Anyway, and it, so, so, so he, he, he found Jesus. He came into the, into contact with Jesus by hearing Okay, 51, and when he finally comes to Jesus, okay, it might not have looked very uh, stylish the way he walked, okay, because he's blind, he can't see if he had tripped or anything, but at the end of the day, he got to where Jesus was. And when he comes to Jesus, and this is another thing that is always interesting. I don't know if uh, Jesus could pass any kind of pastor's uh, seminar today, because some of the way he behaves does not really what you you expect him to behave like. Because when this blind man, he comes over, he fumbled over to Jesus. And and when he comes to Jesus, and when Jesus asked him, and Jesus answered and said unto him, what will you that I should do unto you? What will you that I should do unto you? Uh, I, if I've been Jesus, I'll say for goodness sake Jesus, the man is blind. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just me. Okay? Maybe you didn't think you don't think like that, but that, that's what I would have thought. For goodness sake he's blind. That's what, why are you asking for what he wants? But I'm telling you, the answer to that question is not that simple. Because I remember once uh you know if I hadn't experienced it myself, I, w- I wouldn't even believe it could happen. But I remember many years ago, I was helping to pray for a woman who had who, who was struggling with demons. And it was really, really uh, quite an exciting t- thing with her. It was, all sorts of things happened. But uh, she got free. And when her husband, he was just sitting there in, in, in the chair, just like nothing, nothing had touched him. Okay. And and then I just felt I should ask him, the, the husband, uh, is anything wrong with you? Uh, do you uh, do do you want us to pray for you because the the presence of God, the anointing, was really really strong, and so he looked at me, and he said, yeah, I have problems with my elbow, but could you pray just enough so that I can still claim my benefits, okay? So, so we 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 should not always assume that we know what people want. So that's why Jesus he asked this man, he asked Bartimaeus, "What do you want? Okay, what will you that I should do unto you?" He could have said, Bartimaeus, about oh, uh, Jesus. So many people are following you and I'm all alone and you know that I, I have a nephew. He he leads me down here every day to my begging spot, but on Thursday my nephew he's busy with something else. I wonder if one of your disciples could be left behind so that he could guide me down to my begging spot. That could be a uh, that, that could be a bin. But so that's why Jesus is asking, What will you that I should do for you? Because he wants to know what is your heart's desire, Bartimaeus? Do you know what I believe that Jesus asked the same question to us today, What is your heart's desire? Kurt? what is you say sometimes i can I can fall into it with myself saying, "Oh yeah, but Jesus knows, no, He asked me, Kurt, what is your heart's desire, and the same he asked you, what is your heart's desire? Amen, do you know what God does not just give you what you need, he will give you what your heart's desire. And that's why he asked him, what will you, he wants to see, Bartimaeus, what what do you desire? Okay, what will you that I should do unto you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Lord that I might receive my sign. You know that this prayer I pray over myself every single day. Lord, open my eyes that I may see. No, I refer to revelation here, okay? But give me more revelation. Open my eyes so I may see more. Because if I you know but if I see if I I if I see a situation as a problem, that's obviously obvious, I I taught myself that's because I've not seen enough. So instead of Rebuking the problem in the name of Jesus, what I should do is God open my eyes so that I may see, so I don't see a problem, but I see an opportunity. Do you know that every every breakthrough is very often birthed from a situation where we thought we had a problem. Okay, but when but, but because the problem becomes an um, but, sorry, because the problem becomes beco- becomes an opportunity, the difference is that I have other eyes to see with. Amen. You know every every new invention that has been made is, is always birthed out of a out of a situation of lack or problem or challenge. But someone look at it and say, I don't see a problem, I see an opportunity. Amen. So when you if so if you still see a situation in your life as a problem, ask Jesus, open my eyes. So that instead of you seeing a problem, you see you see the solution and opportunity. Amen. That, that's how God wants you to see it. God does not want you to be focused on problems. God wants you to be focused on opportunities. So so the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go your way, your faith. Now notice he says your faith. He didn't say my faith. Okay, he said, G-. and Jesus said unto him, go your way. Your faith has made you whole now what, what 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 is he referring to here he says partimeus you are now jesus he's referring to this one thing son of david okay as i as i shared many times also i think i did it during this week because i, because I do it quite frequently because it's so important we be catching this thing that we do not have faith for things we have faith in a person okay we have faith in in a person and, and jesus said unto him go your way your faith your faith, what, what, what faith did Bartimaeus have? He had the faith that Jesus was the Messiah. What is my faith based upon what, what, what is my faith? That Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on a cross for me. He was cursed so that I could be blessed. He was rejected so that I could be accepted. He was made sin so I could be made righteous. He was broken so I could be made whole. He, he was made sick so I could be healed. This is my faith. I have faith in Him, and this is what Jesus says to Bartimaeus. Because of your faith, okay? What, uh, so, and Jesus said unto him, "Go, no, go. Uh, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole." And I love this word "whole." You know, the word can also be complete, but He didn't say your faith has healed you. Do you know that? Jesus gives you far beyond what we ask. Jesus don't just give us according to our need. <clears throat> he gave us according to his glory and his riches in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. Okay? So he so Jesus didn't say receive your sight. He said no, go away, your faith has made you whole. And my my definition for for being whole is that obviously that Bartimaeus he had lost out because he's been blind for so many years, and what, what can you imagine the pain and the sufferings and and whatever that he that he must have endured because of that he was blind, and he lost he lost out over life, and he could have done other things if he had not been blind. But now being made whole is that God reverses all the pain, all the lacks, and all the disappointments that. This blindness have have caused Bartimaeus. He didn't just heal him; he made him whole. So, so we so the past eff, effects of his blindness that he had must must endure. Jesus has have have undone them. Just like when I became a Christian, you know, when 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 you become a Christian, um, uh, up in life. You know, that we all come into the body of Christ with certain uh, uh, baggage and certain issues and certain shortcomings and whatever it may be. But when I met Jesus, he didn't just save me. He made me whole. So whatever bad decisions I made in the past, whatever pain I've endured in the past, do you know what? The the grace and the mercy uh, overwrote it. So these things no longer affected me. Amen. Now, so if someone had been very, very nasty to you in the past, it could cause you to that. I don't want to trust anyone anymore. No, Jesus made anyone's bad behavior towards me. He made me whole. And I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus will do exactly the same for you. Amen. So he said, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight. And you know, I mean, immediately he received his sight. Then you know what? And the moment you meet Jesus, now he saw him. Okay, now he was with him. Okay, and it doesn't stop there. And he received his sight, and now it became. You no, know, Bartimaeus receiving his sight, being made whole. That was not the end. That was the beginning, because it says he and followed. Jesus in the way. Do you know that when I met Jesus, when I became a Christian, that was not the end. That was the beginning. Do you know when you finished primary school, that was not the end. Now, that was the beginning to something else. You know when you finish your education, that's not the end. Now, that's a new beginning for something else. And it's the same with Jesus, you know, that every time you reach a goal, a target, you receive a blessing, you know, manifest, that's not the end. That's a new beginning. Something else uh, uh, Jesus have, have in store for you. Because the Bible says, we shall walk from glory to glory. From glory to glory. Do you know what? This is what is so fascinating about the Christian life. That we, we never come to a place where, say, I know everything. Okay? And, uh, now, Jesus, you can't teach me anymore. I know everything. No, there's always more. There's always more, and we, we are going when we get to heaven we're going to spend eternity just to see more and more and more of who Jesus is in Jesus name. Amen, hallelujah, Holy Spirit, I ask you take this word and plant it in our hearts, and whatever way my words that you have uh, delivered through the sermon, may it grow and produce a hundredfold harvest in the listener 's hearts in my heart. I ask you that in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I, I uh, for those who b- uh, brought your tithes and offerings uh, put into account, I just want to declare once again, and I can never get tired of declaring that, that, w- that when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the other things shall be added unto us. And remind you again that we you know through your offerings, through your tithing, through your gifts, you declare, he is my provider. So I declare over you that you should lack no good thing, because you put, uh, you, you sought his kingdom first. You know, but there is something that is important. No, people don't like to talk about this thing about money very often. But the thing is that the Bible talks about that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Okay? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And I remember... Uh, When I heard that first time, there was a preacher who said to me, "You know, you know know, this is a lot." Uh, He he said to me, "If you want to know where your heart really is, check your checkbook, okay? Because where you spend your money, that's where your heart is." I always used to hear it the other way around. But where my heart is, my treasure is. No, where my treasure is, that's where my heart is. Basically, what I spend my money upon, that's where my heart is. And, um, and the wonderful thing about it is that when you, the Bible talks about when we give the first fruit of our labor to him, he will bless the rest. The rest is sanctified. Okay, when, when the first fruit is sanctified, the rest is sanctified. And what does it mean when it's sanctified? It means that the devil cannot touch the rest. Amen hallelujah jesus i thank you that your word says that whatsoever we declare whatever we say in your name we 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 we, we shall have it because we believe it and lord i declare in your name that this week that we are entering in that your grace your favor shall be upon each one of us we i thank you that your blood protects each one of us and everyone and everything that is within our responsibility your blood protects it Lord, I thank you that this week shall be a week with great news, great blessings shall come our way, that success shall overtake us, because your word is in our heart and in our mouth, and according to Joshua one, success will overtake us. I thank you that whatever we lay our hands to in this, this week, you will make it prosper. And wherever we set our foot, you will give us wet land. And I thank you that there should be a spirit of excellence upon each and everyone who, who watch this, who listen here, and we shall go from glory to glory. So Lord, I declare this week, we are starting now, to be a very, very, very blessed week in Jesus' name. Have a blessed Sunday.